Good morning and welcome to Morning Cup of Wisdom podcast. My name is Antoine Howard and I am so glad you are listening in today. You're probably wondering, Antoine started a podcast? Yeah, I did. This is what I felt led to do and here I am. So let me tell you about this podcast. The mission of this podcast is to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. You may be asking, well, what do I want to hear? You may want someone to affirm your bad choices. You may want to hear someone telling you that you're right. You may want someone to approve of your complacency. And now you're asking, well, what do I need to hear? What you need to hear is someone warning or informing you about the road you're taking. Someone to correct you when you're wrong and someone that will help you grow in maturity. There are three rationales behind this podcast. We don't want to and or apply wisdom. Number two, wisdom is nullified, meaning that it's made ineffective when you do nothing with it. Number three. Truth and sound doctrine are neglected, meaning it's suffering a lack of proper care. So, this podcast is built to put itching cream on your ears. I'll let that sit with you. So, here's some information. Through the word of God, the gift of wisdom in the life experience that I've had so far, I will be sharing the wisdom that was deposited in me with you. The first season or few seasons of this podcast are going to be called Sermons to Self. Just like Notes to Self, where you write notes so you don't forget something. Sermon to Self is where I preach to myself and it forces me to apply it because it directly correlates with my life. Two reasons behind Sermon to Self is the first, when I first got connected with Jesus, I wanted to learn the Bible. I wanted to study the Bible. This is when I started my relationship. I got saved, but I had a relationship with church more than I had with Jesus. So, when I started my relationship with Jesus, I decided in myself, I need to be reading this Bible. And I asked in prayer, God, how do I read the Bible? And this is what he said to me. He said, study the Bible as if you're getting ready to preach. And being that in this season where I was starting to get connected with God, not this current season, but that season, I was watching a lot of sermons because I wanted to be filled up with this word. And he was like, you could do that. Oh, so the way I comprehended it was like, oh, I have to get three points, a few correlating stories, supporting evidence and applicable steps all for a singular text. This is what I this is how I first process Bible study. Process it as if you're getting ready to preach. OK. So after I would do that and study the Bible in that manner, I would get a music stand. I would get my notebook and I would get a mic shaped object like an air freshener can. And in my basement, I would spend 40 minutes preaching to myself. Legit. And every time I got a word from God and studied a Bible story, I would do the same thing over and over again and preach it to myself. Second reason behind this sermon to self series is God called me out on getting away from that art. It wasn't just something to prepare me for this space. It was something to continually do for my life, because as a communicator of the word of God, I have to actively apply what I'm going to tell you. 
in this podcast, in this sermon or whatever you want to call it, is all based off of what I had to apply before telling you. And then telling you just to be a reminder for myself and others. So as I'm speaking to you, as I'm teaching you, as I'm talking to you, I'm actually talking to me. And you're listening. Because we're all in this together. Lastly, you can support this podcast in three different ways. The first way you can pray to God in heaven for me. That's one of the best forms of your support. If you can pray for me, that would be great. Number two, you could subscribe, share, and follow this podcast on the various podcasting platforms and social medias listed in the description of this episode. And then the last way, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to help me out a lot, is your donation to me for this podcast. And to be honest with you, I really need a car. Like my transportation is struggling right now and everything that I do is outside of my city. And I can't get on the high rate to do it because of my car. And I've been borrowing my parents car, but that's an inconvenience to them because they need to go somewhere, too. So I am working for the summer. But your donations will always help. I also. I'm just going to put all that out there that I would like more gear to do this stuff with. I'm working with this AKG P120 mic. I'm borrowing a Focusrite solo. And I'm working on my 2015 MacBook Pro 13 inch, which has a bad battery. So. That's what I'm working with. I'm just going to put that out there. If you want to get a sure SM7B with a Rodecaster and a new MacBook, that'd be great. But until then, I am satisfied with what I have because God has provided for it. So thank you, Jesus. All the description information will be in the episode's description. So. I cannot leave this episode without giving you something. In your Bible, can you tap or turn to the book of Mark? We're going to chapter number five. And we're beginning at the 21st verse. I'm in the NIV version today. And I'm going to start reading because you're probably driving. <clears throat> when Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and he saw Jesus when he saw him. He fell at his feet. Verse 23, he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. That's good. Verse 24 says, so Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Now, that's going to be a later message. We're going to continue on. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of growing better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Here it is, verse 29, verse 29. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt 
it leave her body. That's not what the Bible says, but she felt it in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So it's as if it left. But it wasn't as if it did. Verse 30 says, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear. She told him the whole truth. And he said. Daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I want to read verse 33 through 34 again. Then the woman knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, here's our verse 34. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to dive into your word and understand it better. Thank you, God, that you have always given us the wisdom that we need out of your word so we can live a better life according to you. Lord, help us today to understand and unpack your word in a new and revelational way so we can get the healing that we need. In Jesus name. Amen. Have you ever been sick? like cold flu fever have you ever been sick what about in pain like a headache or a cough maybe you had a sore throat in one season and maybe you had cramps like leg cramps soreness in in the body what's your first reaction to feeling these feelings i don't want to feel them no more for the uh, for the literate people, I said, I don't want to feel them anymore. But in my language, I say, I don't want to feel it no more. Our first reaction to feeling pain and feeling sickness is I don't want to feel it. So what do we do? We buy something that makes us not feel it anymore. And the most common over the counter drug to treat those symptoms is called acetaminophen. But we know it as regular people, Tylenol. Tylenol is one of the most popular drugs used to treat the feelings that we don't want to feel. Not necessarily the emotions, but the bodily feelings and the bodily pain that we are feeling. So if you are sick, cold flu or fever or if you are sore have a headache or you're coughing and you get a tylenol here's the information that i looked up i found it and i just want to share this with you looking on tylenol's website and finding the severe cold and flu medicine the day and night version i found some information that it really it just popped out to me and i want to share it with you on the day and night medicine, here's the daytime uses. It says, for the temporary relief of the following cold and flu symptoms. Pay attention to that word, temporary. Here's the symptoms. Minor aches and pains, headache, sore throat, nasal congestion, and cough. This daytime use also helps loosen phlegm and thin bronchial secretions or secretions. And lastly, it temporarily 
reduces fever. Pay attention to that word reduces. All right, here's the nighttime uses before you go to bed for the temporary relief of the following cold and flu symptoms. There's that word again, temporary. It says minor aches and pains, headache, sore throat, nasal congestion, cough, sinus congestion, and pressure, sneezing, and running nose. Okay. It provides temporary relief for these things. Okay, watch this. It helps clear the nasal passages. And then the other things it says, it says relieves cough to help you sleep. Pay attention to relieving cough to help you sleep. Right. And then temporarily reduces fever. Okay. Here's the directions for this medicine. It says for adults and children 12 years and older. This is getting good. Take two caplets every four hours. Okay, let's backtrack. Because I I need to just get it clear in my mind and I just want to make sure that I'm explaining it to you properly. So wait a minute. We got a sickness. We got some soreness. We got these symptoms, right? So our first reaction, we got to go get this Tylenol. When we take the Tylenol, it's only reducing what we actually feel for a temporary amount of time. Okay. So that means if it's a reduction, I still have what I got going on. I still feel sick. I still feel pain. Because it only reduced it, right? That means it brought it down from 100% to 35%. But that 35% is still there. But the function of the Tylenol is it reduces it. So that means I don't have to focus on it. And if I don't have to focus on it, it's as if it's not there. And if it's as if it's not there, that means I'm ignoring it. Because it's like it's not there. Oh, and then they say I have to do this every four hours. So that means when I take the Tylenol and it reduces that pain down to what, 35 percent. After every four hours, it's going to go back up to 100 percent because the pain and the sickness is still there. And the Tylenol just helps me ignore it. So that means I have to. In order to continually ignore the pain and ignore the sickness and ignore that struggle, I have to go back to the Tylenol after its symptom relief has let up. Just so I can ignore the pain some more. And watch, I said to pay attention to relieves cough to help you sleep. This means that this medicine Whatever I'm taking is supposedly helping me through the night. Sometimes this medicine is supposedly helping me through the day. But if we're paying close attention to the temporary and the reduction, temporary means it's not going to last always. And reduction means that it's not going to go all the way away. The crazy thing is, is that doctors recommend taking Tylenol. Whenever we are sick, whenever we're in pain, it's like, why don't you just take a Tylenol or take this drug? And how is it that we go to the people that we feel like can heal us, but they only give us something to reduce the pain? How is it that the medicine that they give isn't taking the pain away, but just reducing it for a period of time? 
I have a question for you, friend. Have you in some way been trying to seek a healing property in something that can only reduce pain? I got another question for you. Were you hoping in doctors to perform a procedure or operation or prescribe something to you that would take away the pain and not reduce it just for a period of time? Such is the case with our lives. In some way, shape and form, we have been sick and in pain. We are hurt from trauma. We may be hurt from bullying. Hurt from rejection. Hurt from abuse. Hurt from abandonment. Hurt from pain. And have we found doctors to prescribe medicine that One, only helps us cope instead of heal. And two, made the pain less tolerable. Because, you know, when you take that medicine and you begin to not tolerate that pain, when that pain comes back, it's going to be worse. There are a few things that we have turned into Tylenol. I'm going to share mine first. Here's what I have and what I have used as Tylenol. And I'm not going to distinct between which one is current and which one isn't. That's for a later date at a later time in a personal conversation with you. All right, I'm ready. Posting on social media, trying to get validation or affirmation. This is mine, y'all. Doing or saying things for attention or approval. Indulging in lustful actions. Like porn or sex. Overeating when stressed, sad or bored. Binge watching social media, videos, movies and TV. Oversleeping. Here's another one. Changing my body to win the approval of others or get validation from girls. My alteration of my body was losing weight. Same with buying clothes and altering how I act. Just for attention. I don't know if that was a trigger alert, but these might be one. Here might be some of your Tylenols. Maybe you're entertaining relationships to gain attention you never felt. Maybe you're starting fights and arguments just to feel right for the one or two times you were embarrassed that you were wrong. Maybe you're doing drugs to go to a quote unquote high plane of existence When really you're just trying to escape from the trauma of how you were raised. Because that feeling is a low place. Is that the reason you can't stay sober? Maybe you're over shopping to support a look you can't really even afford. Because you got bullied as a kid and someone roasted your clothes. And you vow to yourself you'll never come out in public again looking like that. So you spend all that money trying to support a lifestyle that isn't isn't in your budget. What about altering your body or your body parts? Or changing your character or altering your identity or what you associate with or altering your career or life plans, or hobbies, and all these things, just because someone made you feel 
uncomfortable with being the real and original you. Or you didn't even see the value because you weren't affirmed in that way. Maybe you're always partying because you know what you'll feel when you go back home. So you stay out. Maybe you're always changing cities because you're scared of somebody knowing you. And because somebody who knew you before hurt you, you just don't want to be hurt again. So you don't face that feeling and you run from big city to small city, from condo to apartment to house. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, we all have situations where we are in some way still sick, hurt, and in pain. Here's the story in the Bible that we read earlier. Jesus is on his way to heal someone. He comes on the shore of this city. They meet him at the shore and someone has a healing request. Can you come heal my daughter? She about to die. Jesus was like, bet, I'm about to go over there. Heal her. So he followed. And in that crowd was a bunch of pressing around him. They were threshing and pressing and pushing each other because in this day, Jesus was the celebrity. And those people were like a paparazzi, like a fan base, like, bro. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Got to press around because I got to get, look, man, autograph my forehead. Huh? Like. <laughs> they pressed around him, but there was a woman. And I personally believe she was on the outskirts of this crowd. And now if anyone is popular in a certain city, there's going to be at least hundreds, maybe even thousands of people around this person. Just because of how many followers they have. Okay. I personally believe that this woman was on the outskirts or in the midst, far midst of the crowd. There was a woman who was subject. Meaning that within herself, she was forced to. Um, subject subjected to an ongoing menstrual cycle. For here it is. 12 years straight. For 12 years straight, she had an ongoing pain, ongoing blood flow, ongoing nauseation, and ongoing sickness. For 12 years straight, just wanted to put that in your ear. So even when she went to every doctor that her money could afford instead of getting better she actually got worse instead of getting the healing that she needed instead of finding that breakthrough instead of getting that deliverance that she needed she actually got worse because those doctors and maybe even magicians or psychics and everything else that was in that day that could give a healing to someone quote unquote healing at that they could only provide a Tylenol experience she lost her money she became broke and also humiliated in losing hope I didn't mean to rhyme but maybe the Holy Spirit did You have to think after going to person to person, doctor to doctor, magician, psychic, whatever the case may be, people who are advertised to help you be fixed. 
human mechanics, if you will. You would think that you were made well after visiting them, but she wasn't. But I also talk about the humiliation thing because it was a custom in that day. According to Leviticus 15 verses 19 through 27. Now, I'm not going to read these. But it talks about when a woman has her. Menstrual cycle. And how when you approach her or when you interact with her it's unclean, she's unclean. So if you touch her. Or lay where she's laid, sit where she sit, or touch her clothes that she had on, you're going to be unclean too. Now, some people may get offended by that because it's like, well, why? It's just natural. Why is a woman unclean and all that? Leviticus goes through a whole bunch of what is pure and what isn't pure, all in order to prepare Israel to dwell with God in a new land. The law was a call to holiness and and to act different from the rest of the world. The blood flow and interacting with a woman in the cycle could render you as unclean because of her bodily discharge of blood. And for all of you who got upset, men men have the same decree when they have an unusual bodily discharge. And that is listed in the verses before. And I brought this up to highlight not the sickness, but really the self-perception in the narrative of this woman. Think about this. Because she got this problem. Everybody thinks I'm unclean. No one wants to hang out with me. Am I valuable? No one wants to be around me. I think I'm pretty bad as a person. I can't even talk to you guys without you knowing that I have a problem. I feel like everybody's looking at me. Why is this still happening? This has been going on for so long. I can't even get married with this. And soon enough, those thoughts led up to I need to be healed at some point in her walk of life she got fed up with her pain and got fed up with her problem and she had to get fed up with her condition to really find another route even when it looks like nothing else can heal so this woman hears about jesus Oh, yeah, this woman hears about Jesus. She hears that he is a healer. She hears that he is the way out of no way. She hears that he is the help that she needs and that he is the power that she needs and that she's been looking for. The peace that she's been looking for. And she comes with the single thought that if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Not an I might, nor an I maybe, nor there's a possible chance. No, she said within herself, if they say this man is who he is, I don't have to want to touch him. And I don't even have to touch his skin. If I just touch what he's wearing. I can be healed because they tell they told me that if he laid hands on you, that you would be healed. That's what he was going to do. Jesus was going to lay hands on a sick girl that was about to die. But here's the premise. She came with the thought, if I just go down here to where they said Jesus is and I touch his clothes I'm going to be healed here's how the woman got her healing in the story the woman had the issue of blood and she healed here's the steps that she got number one she acknowledged the pain 
Now, the Bible verse acknowledges what she was going through. But you cannot seek healing until you say what is hurting. I'm going to say that again because it wasn't me. You cannot seek healing until you say what is hurting. When you go to the doctor, they ask you, where does it hurt? And imagine going to the doctor, sitting on that high table with that weird paper that they have you on. And they ask you, where does it hurt? And you say, I don't want to tell you. They're going to look at you like, well, what the heck is you here for? Huh? Why are you here if you don't want to tell me what's making you hurt? Mm, I just feel like I don't need to go there. I just feel like I don't need to go back to that space. Why are you seeking healing if you won't admit where it hurts? Such is the case with verses 25 and 26. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. There's the admittance of the problem. She had suffered a great deal under many care of doctors and she had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. There's the premise for healing. The acknowledgement. I've been going through this for 12 years and I need help. That's all. The number one action that I have seen from myself in people is that we ran from pain. We're always taught to cope, but never given instruction on how to address the pain and heal from it. And the reason you need to acknowledge the pain is because taking your Tylenol makes you ignore it. What happened when what happens when addicts have a relapse? It's because the pain isn't gone. And the only way they knew how to cope with the pain is what they were addicted to. So they go back because the pain has triggered them. The acknowledgement of the pain is the premise for getting the healing that we need. You might need a little help doing so from the Holy Spirit to go back to those mental spaces where you were hurt to work from there. Second thing, she put her faith in Jesus. The pain that you feel is now supernatural. It is something that is beyond your control. It is something that is beyond your skill set to handle. So you need a way out. But your way out for you has been coping. But it's not really a way out. You're just opening and closing a door labeled exit. As if you're about to go out it, but it's really next to the actual exit. But you just keep distracting yourself with opening and closing this door. That's what coping is. Look at me. I can see the other side. But I'm just going to keep opening and closing this door. Verse 27 and 28 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him. Hold on. She heard about Jesus. Believers, who are you telling? About Jesus. I'm going to leave it there. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She came with the single thought. If I put my faith in the man named Jesus, who is known to heal bodies, heal minds, heal sickness, heal pain, heal suffering, heal abandonment, heal suicide, heal self-harm, heal terrible narratives that we speak in our minds. If, if I just go to the man named Jesus, who is known to heal these things surely he can heal me so the third thing she does is she goes to Jesus with the pain not healed from the pain because it's as if you're going to the doctor and not sick Jesus says I I'm here to teach the lost 
not necessarily found. You found, so you just follow. But I'm going for the lost sheep. Would a doctor prompt you to come to a hospital if you're not hurt? Go to Jesus with the pain. And here it is. Give it to him. Huh? Oh, I'm going to tell you all about it. Give it to him. 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Let's put it all together. So she, the acknowledgement of the pain was there. I'm hurt, so I need healing. So I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. That's number two. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus because they said he was a healer and I I heard it and he's in town. So I'm about to get my healing because if I just touch his clothes, I'm going to be fully healed. If they say that man is as powerful as he is, I don't have to touch him. I can touch his clothes. And even though that would make, quote unquote, him ceremonially unclean or or traditionally unclean because of the way the laws was set up. I'm getting my healing. So the pain and the sickness that I have, I'm going to put it on him and he's going to heal me. Uh Oh, I feel a preaching. I'm sorry. Um, and then she goes after Jesus. She has the acknowledgement of the pain. She has the faith in him and then she has the action step, goes to Jesus with the pain and touches his clothes, bringing the pain to him. And she was immediately healed. Well, you say, well, you pulled those directions right out the story. Um, yeah, because that's where the directions go come from. The message was for me. <laughs> And God had gave me those directions before he gave the text to even support it. I want to tell you about this message and what it really means to me. In my life, my old coping mechanisms had started coming back. And my walk with Jesus, I have gone back to those spaces that have caused me a lot of pain and caused me a lot of problems. I needed to go back to those spaces because they were important. Took me through and I dealt with this process and I'm going to tell you what happened. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sharing my life experience with the process. Here's the process. So being that I had a relationship with Jesus, that relationship with Jesus helped me go back to those spaces that were uncomfortable, traumatic or hurting in order to deal with the spaces that were in that pain and I needed healing from. So what I did was I prayed to God to help me to go back to those mental and spiritual and emotional and hurting places so that I can find the healing that I need. Yes, God can physically heal, but we're talking about that heart. Your heart is broken, but God is near to the brokenhearted. And how do you get healing? You may ask, How am I going to get healed in the first place? Well, the reason why you needed to have Jesus in your life is because his blood is what heals you. That blood that was shed on the cross is what washes you and cleanses you. And you have access to the healing that you need mentally, spiritually, emotionally, socially, financially. You need you have access to that healing. You don't have to go to people who are advertising that they heal, but it's really just a temporary temporary reduction reduction it's only it's only for a short amount of time because you're going to have to go back to them it's unstable but god is stability all right so i had a relationship with jesus and here's the first step I pray to God to go back to those spaces with pain. So here was my prayer. God, 
I acknowledge that I'm in pain somewhere, but I don't know where. And if I'm coping, I'm still in pain. Please help me and highlight those spaces where I'm still in pain so I can tell them to you and deal with them. So when I did that prayer and when I was spending time with God and I I did that prayer, because before this message even formed, I did this process because I needed it. I wanted to know why I was still coping. So I did this process. I went back to those spaces and God highlighted something. And because over time I've been doing this and going back and going back and going back and constantly going back to what happened before, because I realized I was still coping with what happened before. And God highlighted one thing and it shook me because I didn't know it was the root I had been talking about it that week. I had been talking about how I felt about it and all that stuff, but I did not realize that it was the root of that pain. So I went back and got highlighted. I had a misconception of something and I'll share that in a later podcast. This is the first time we ain't sharing everything on the first date. I, went back to that space, got highlighted that problem. And I talked about everything from there with him. I talked about how that made me feel. I talked about how it made me think, how my perspective of myself changed. I talked it all out with him. And if you're going to go back to that space, you might need a Christian friend who actually is a follower and believer and a lover of Jesus to help you. But you can do it with Jesus. And go back to those spaces. And talk about them with him. So the second thing was. Not not only acknowledging the pain, but now I put my faith in Jesus. And I said, God, since I have talked and acknowledged all this pain to you, I believe that you can heal me from it. So I prayed and I said, God, I believe you can heal me from the pain of my past and heal me from that sin in the past. In Jesus name. Amen. I did that. It was as simple as that. And immediately in the same minute, I'm not going to say in the same second, but in the same minute. The temptation I felt left. The mindset that I had toward coping left. I'm not even joking. Like. I feel When I think about those areas in my life and think about those situations and then God is still working on me because the the next message is coming out and it's going to be. But. I literally felt no need to cope because I'm like. I'm, I'm healed. I literally felt no need to cope, and that was the first time in my life. That I felt whenever I thought about overeating, whenever I thought about lust, whenever I thought about posting something, I felt no need to do it. I'm like, dude, what am I going to do that for? I don't need to do it anymore. I felt healed. And then I realized that I was because I went back to those spaces and I didn't get triggered. Now, here's the crazy part. Yes, you may be healed from your pain. But the habit is what you have to develop out of because it's a continual reminder that you can be healed, that you are healed. And you don't need to go backwards because you are healed. And what really shook me was that it worked
when I continually reminded myself that I was healed. And I, I can even do it now. I'm healed from that. I don't need to do that anymore. You know, I don't need to cope like that because I'm healed. What am I in pain with? And if you still find yourself in pain, that means you're if you still find yourself coping, that means you're still in pain. So, in some way, shape, and form, you have to go back to that space. Not with any weird magic, weird psychic, or anything that is other than what we just talked about here. But you go back to that space with Jesus. Because when you go back to that space with Jesus, he can provide a healing and not provide you terror and more anxiety and more pain. And more suffering. There are things that are out there that are drifting people away from the faith that actually can heal them. That's why this podcast is here. This message has helped me. Because I found healing. And I didn't have to cope anymore. Just remember that Tylenol. According to whatever you're coping with hasn't healed because it doesn't heal amen well i hope that something that i said today has helped you has illuminated something in your life and i pray that you apply this word in some type of way let's pray thank you god for this moment and opportunity to learn and gather the words that we need for our lives Heal us, O Lord, because you can. And you will be our hiding place, our safe refuge. You are be our treasure. You are the everlasting hope we need. So let us continually put our hope in you that we may get the healing that we need. And when we do get healed, let us tell the testimony of our healing. And sharing the faith that we had in you to get what we needed, because someone needs to hear it. In Jesus name. Amen. As always, you can support this podcast by one, praying. Number two, following us on the social medias and the podcasting platforms listed in the description. And number three, you can support this podcast monetarily or gear wise through the links in the description. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Morning Cup of Wisdom. Until next time, I hope you have a good morning.